Welcome to the state of mind that is the anarchist monastery. I'm Hugh Bernays. And I'm Daniel Roy Connolly. And Daniel, nice to see you today. Hubertine, you're back again. I, uh, it's good to see your, your happy, smiling face on the oh, other side Oh, is it still there. smiling? I know. Yes. Despite Pl- everything I've been through, I'm very proud it's then. It's been plastered across your face for months. You've been away for the week, haven't you? Where, 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 where have you been? Uh, what yeah, have you been I have been, I've been to a strange country called the South of England. Southern, the South of England? The South of England, yes. Yeah, mm. Sussex, East mm. Sussex. Mm. I, who was a West Sussex man originally, find myself in East Sussex. A traitor. Oh. Did you have a nice time? God, it was lovely to look at. Right. I Those mean, the Downs. Is that the Downs? Uh, that the Downs, the downs and the Woods, yes. But yeah. I, you're talking about the Downs, maybe you're thinking of things like grass and um, lambs. There was grass and lambs, but I was I really actually... impressed with the woods. Right. What you makes know. a good What makes good woods? Uh, probably a stream running through it. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, that's true. Right. And and I really enjoyed an anthill. The gar- Did you? Yeah, for yeah, yeah. I made I I made a I made a small film of it on my phone. Have you? Yeah, and I've shown it already to our sound man here, and he thinks it's good film technique and everything. Does he? Yeah, me directing the ants. You're going to make some ants famous. So that was it. So what did you do over the last week? Well, as <laughs> I I directed Richard III, my show was up. So that that was um that was a pretty extraordinary experience. I remember talking about this last time on the podcast. In fact, we and did anybody about. come? It sold out. It sold out. Yeah, and it seems every to have, night. Uh, yeah, and it seems to have gone down very well. So I'm I'm not 100 percent happy, but then again, I never am. There's always things I go back and improve, just touch up here and there. Well, tell me, did you have a best night? Um, that's a good question. I think Friday night was the night I felt most confident of my cast mm. on stage. So I think that that was for me. The best night. It was smooth. It we was had a great, night where it all came together. I think so. Yeah, yeah I think great, that would have been great, the great, Friday. Yeah, yeah. Because I saw it on the Wednesday. I saw it on the first night. You did. That's right. And then yeah. you dis- then you then you ran off to East Sussex. To, yeah, yeah, to this south uh, of England right. place. Yeah, sure. Right. So and I thought it was pretty good on the first night. Yeah. So and that was presumably it, because it was the first night. Um, it was chaos. It was absolute chaos. Yeah, I, di- I didn't sleep I for a week. I liked it. I liked it. I thought the I thought the way that you uh, you wove the people of different acting abilities together to yeah. get a good one whole right. um, was very sympathetic. So everybody gave a great performance yeah. from whatever level it was. It all worked. Well, thank you. Anyway, That's very kind. No, I just so think it's a very important. clever thing to do with amateur actors. If you're going to put people on stage, I Brilliant. think it's important that mm. you show them that they are worthy of doing this, that they have the right to do this. Yes, the confidence with which people be who they are that actually sells it. The worthiness informs Mm, You don't have to be brilliant. You just had to be confident. Yeah, you don't even have to be good. You just have to be good good enough. Yeah, true style in art is incompetence confidently pursued. There we go. So what? Look, what's coming up today, Hubertine? Um, we have uh, we have a letter, a customary letter. Letters come in from ah, the letters from yes. uh, from India. Uh, we have May May the fourth. It's it's National Star Wars Day, International Star Wars ah, Day. May the fourth be with you. Intergalactic Star yes, yes. Wars Day right, today. Right. May the fourth. I think you have something there. Yeah, I can for do us. that. I can give you one of my um, Star Wars stories. That's great news. We have um, the poet Shelley. Uh, Percy Bysshe Shelley, uh, who uh, is resident a, of York, exactly. That's 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 the angle today for a isn't week it? or two. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's good enough. We can no, talk. It makes a great story. If you you've know, got a story you... about the poet Shelley yes. in York, and I, I'm, we're going to do a little bit more poetry as well because I, I'm going to, I I teach poetry. Uh, mm. I have taught poetry mm-hmm. at university, and the first class for me, I teach creative writing rather than the sort of the the, uh, the literary inquiry. The first class, I always want to lay out 
what I think makes a really good poem and how you listen to that, how you hear it and how you divine it with your with your sort of artistic divining stick, if you will. There's a song really well known by by a, a pop duo called Icona Pop. Everyone knows what I'm going to say, right? The song is called I Don't Care. We all know it. I want to look at it as a, as a work of art, as a poetic work of art, that song. I'm just going to go and go and uh, uproot uh, those lyrics and see what see what lies beneath them. Yeah, right? and do you actually hold these, you've held these poetry sessions using this lyric? I, have I've you? taught this very thing. Right, right. And yeah. when, you, when you do, do you throw it over to the, um, to, to the people in the class themselves? Do they, did they do half the discussion by Always. you asking them it great be, questions? It begins with them. I just, yeah, I yeah, go, yeah. I've, got, I've gone line by line and I ask them, how this all hangs together. What are they finding? Here? Well, can I be the person who's learning the poetry yes, and you ask can. you the questions? Later? Yes, you can. Yeah, okay, okay. So that's all coming up today. Looking forward to that very much. Welcome back. And we it's letters time. We've had another letter in queue. We've got oh, to no. stop this. I know, we have no, to stop this. So no, it's, letters. it's um. It's, uh, I know, this is from Jasper yeah. uh, in, in Morsinram, in Meghalaya, uh, oh, in, yeah. in India, which I think, I could be mistaken, but I think uh, Morsinram is the wettest place on earth. Oh, right, right. I think it gets like, on average, like an inch of rain a day. Do we get a lot of letters from Morsinram? This is our first. Our first from Morsinram. Yes, it came in a bottle. Well, we'll write back and see if we can't get some more. It came in a bottle. That's yes. how wet it okay, is there. So we're replying, yeah, because we want more. So Jasper says, Dear Daniel and Hugh, I'm really enjoying your podcast. Mm. Thanks, Jasper. Uh, <laughs> so I'll just leave it there, shall I? Uh, yeah, so yeah. much so... Quit while you're ahead. So much so that I'm thinking of moving to York. <laughs> I, I hear the climate is lovely there. Well, I mean, relative to, to Morsinram, it's, it's Barbados, mate. What would your top survival tips be for someone arriving to live in your wonderful city? Oh, thank you, Jasper. Mm. Yeah, well, I think... Uh, I think you definitely have to get out there and uh, go to places in the evening where you meet people who also live in York, who want to meet people who live in York. Right. There are a lot of mixing places. That's in a general York. thing that happens. All I've over just the come from the, the south time. of England, yeah. and there's a, there are very few mixing places. People stay in their homes, right. or they get in their cars and they drive about places, or go for their walks with their dogs yeah. and nod to each other. Yeah. But there's not a lot of get-togethers over things. Right. But York as people know, is absolutely seething with people coming from all directions. Teeming. Yeah. Oh, teeming. Yeah. Yeah. Seething makes it sound like an angry city, doesn't it? Well, yeah. Yeah, well, I just thought... Seething city. Great title for a a novel. Oh, The Seething of York. The Seething City. Seething City, yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah. That's lovely. So, um, So, So, yes, get out there and meet people. She would say get out and meet people. Uh, uh, Jasper, I would say uh, get your walking boots ready. Uh, there's some beautiful walks uh, through York on the and, and going out along the river, for example. Oh, right. the Ginnels! Right, That'll discover be... all the tiny little snickleways. This, yeah, it, all, all those, all those little <laughs> hidden, all those little hidden treasures. Um, so j- get some decent walking boots, uh, uh, Jasper. Mm. Uh, you, you'll have waterproofs, so I won't need to to, uh, to suggest you bring those. Because it might rain. Because it, it, it will rain. There's no r- might yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, but you if know you're, what rain is. If you're from Mawson Ram, you know what rain is. Um, what else can we say? A little bit about the history, I think. One of the things I'm enjoying about this podcast is we just delve into a little bit of local York history uh, every time. And I would recommend Jasper obviously not only listens to the history that we're discussing, 
but himself goes to the library, get himself oh. get himself involved, get some local history books, uh, traipse around the little, around the city centre. It's tiny, but it's beautiful. Um, and probably learn how to drink a lot of a lot of beer. I would think that's another good way of uh, settling into. Oh, the a, house of trembling madness. The house of well, there we are. There's a nice. Yeah, it's moment. a great place to drink beer. The house designer of, beer. Designer beer. I've had. They do a good coffee in there. The one on Lendl, you mean? The one opposite the judge's house. Yes. That one. Yes, absolutely. I know yeah, that. Yeah, right. Yeah, we should yeah, get a little yeah. advertising kick for uh, for the house of trembling madness for that. It doesn't no. need it. It doesn't, it doesn't need, need it. It, it yeah. does be, well. Let's it? be quiet about it. Yeah. Um, Jasper, you know, don't talk about it yeah. because it, you know we'll never get in there. You yeah. know, everyone's piling. It's a great place. I think it's a very open, open, open. Open and, and embracing city as well, Jasper. There are some places perhaps up north that I might not recommend. I don't want to say any names. Let's stick to York, and I think you'll find that that's a really nice place to begin your... Yeah, it occurs to me that you're really the best person to be answering, Jasper, because you are a visitor to I'm, I'm, I'm an outsider. I'm a you're an outsider, and you've hit some survival strategies. Yeah. I mean, one of your survival strategies that you were invited the other day to um, talk about the anarchist monastery... Uh, that's correct. I, I was BBC so Radio York. you are York. really putting yourself about. I missed, it? I missed their message. BBC Radio York left me a message yes, yesterday on yes. my phone saying we'd like to talk to you for five minutes about the about the anarchist monastery. And I got they sent this message at 2.15 yesterday afternoon. And the message said, can we fit you in at 6.20 tomorrow eve- uh, this evening for five minutes? I picked up that message at 6.21. Ah. I messaged them back immediately saying, if you're on air now, I'm, I can talk. I was on my way to, to, to Leeds to do a poetry reading last this night. This is like our near miss thing. I, it's a near miss, it's mate. A it's, near miss. Uh, let's, hope it, let's hope it goes around and comes Yo, back and hits the target. You think they're going to want to talk to you some I, other time? I don't, I'd hate to think that this is the kind of near miss that This is as we'll close regret, as we get. Right? But it does prove you've been putting yourself about. So, I, I, which is, you know, yeah. this is for Jasper. This is what you do. You know, if you want to end up on BBC Radio York, yeah. Take Daniel's advice. Put yourself about. Get yourself, yourself about. Take as many opportunities as don't you can. Don't be shy. Jasper, there's lots of things in York you can do. Go to the theatre as well. Enjoy the theatre. Oh, there's the there's theater, some gorgeous yeah. theatre here. Not, you know, obviously. There's two theatres. Theatre Royal, there's Frygate, there's yeah, Theatre the theater 41, there's the Grand There's lots of theatres. There's the Frygate Theatre, yes. So that would be, so Jasper, that, that's a, a fabulous uh, letter. Thanks very much for giving us that opportunity. Um, I, go for it, Mulby. I mean, if you need to leave Mosin Ram in Megalaya, um, you can go to many worse places, and I think York would embrace you warmly. For um, Leeds and Bradford Airport, yeah, Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. <laughs> that's where you, Leeds, Leeds, Mawson Ram to Leeds Bradford. I think there's, yeah, a, I think the, the Virgin way. Airlines. Yes, I think there's a flight. I'm pretty sure back. there's We'd a love flight. Love to see you. Fantastic. We'll meet you in the House of Trembling Madness. Thanks, Jasper. And I'd really like that. That's awesome, mate. Yeah, yes. take care. Welcome back. Guess what, Hugh? Uh, what's that? What day is it today? Ah, may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. It's International Star Wars Day, Intergalactic Star Wars Day, Interuniversal Star Wars Day. And I have promised, I've promised one of my Star Wars stories. You've actually got a bona fide Star Wars story, haven't you? Oh, yeah, I've got lots, lots. And this this one's specially selected, this one, for for its interest. What's your story? Its gossip value. Uh, Well, um, first of all, I'd explain for those people who are not completely familiar with this, I was an extra not on a Star Wars film, but a spin-off, ah. you know, but I'm claiming it. It's, it's a bit like, you know, almost an aristocrat. So I was on Solo as mm. an extra mm. for weeks and weeks. 
And uh, so um, that was down in Pinewood. Mm. And so I had to... Uh, I had Surrey, to is that Surrey, Pinewood Studios? Where's Pinewood Studios? Um, what county is that in? Middlesex? Somewhere like that. Yeah, no, it's off to the, it's off to the west of London. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Uxbridge. Yeah, yeah. Heaven knows what county that no is. No idea. Nobody wrote to me, so I didn't have to tell them. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, I was just going to say, so obviously I was in theatrical digs. Uh, well, you know. Because, well, it was weeks and weeks, yeah. And these particular, the first theatrical digs I was in, well, the second, but there's another story, maybe for another time. Uh, the, uh, the, the theatrical digs that I actually stayed with had other, other lodgers, I mean, who had nothing to do with the theatre. And one of the people um, in, the, in this beautiful house, Upper Lane, um, which had full of potholes and no tar macadam, so if you want to taxi at five o'clock no in the morning, Tom Academy. no, shame on them. I know, I know, I know. But it meant if you wanted to taxi at five o'clock in the morning to take you on set, you know, the thing would be going, blah, 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 blah. I just had to back up the thing. So in the end, I had to get up early. Did they send go a taxi to the end of the road. or did you have to book your own? Oh, oh no, they didn't send a taxi. They didn't send no, a taxi. No, 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 I booked my own taxi. I mean, this is being an extra, you know, lowest of low. Right. And, um... But what I want to talk about was the digs themselves because I was oh. so blessed. And in a way, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the fictional version of the digs because it's, it, but it's all based on the truth. Hmm. And the fictional version is that um, I don't understand that, but anyway, yeah, go on. You soon will. Yeah. The lady in the room on the landing uh, upstairs, next to my bedroom, right, um, was a cage fighter. Was she? Yeah. Uh, how do you know? Well, she had. Uh, oh, she told me. Told us. She, 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 told she had stories. Yeah, she had told us stories. We all fighting. sat outside. We all sat outside at the end of the day, you know, wherever we were, um, in the gardeny bit, you know, and there was a little pond. Or, or the garden. The gardeny bit. Yes, it or was almost AKA like a garden. The yes, garden. Almost yep. like a garden. Yep. This is talking Uxbridge, right? Yep. Right. What passes for a garden, which means paving stones, yep. you know, maybe a water feature yep. with a few dead um, reeds in it. And there was a. There was now I think about it, there was, yes, a, a shed at the end of the garden. Right. And that was rented out to somebody as well. So someone was in the shed. <laughs> so they were making as much money as they oh possibly could. Oh, my God, yes, what, he used to come back at six. What was she? What was she, the cage fighter? What Was she Was she part of the solo experience? Was Good she an God, no, 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 no. She was just a mum. And she, um, she was a single mum. I see. In her 30s. And were the children there with and her? And she did things that she did for a living when she wasn't fighting um, was... Um, Teaching exercise in uh, care homes and things like that. Doing yoga with people. That's laudable. Oh, she's a very, very laudable person. She's yep. absolutely wonderful. And she was great company. Huh. Yeah. Well, she had a... She still got him, thank God. A brilliant son who was only 15 or 16 at the time. So right. this is a couple of years ago. Was he staying in the... In the in no, the he wasn't. Well? He did sometimes. Yeah, he came and stayed the weekend. I see. But what's exceptional about him is that when he was, uh, when he was asked to do his O-level arts project, yes. he, um, he, did the, he did the picture, you know, whatever it was, a day at the seaside or something. Um, he did the picture just like everybody else. But he did it in chocolate. He he did he created a picture out of chocolate. Yeah, of different colours. He got the chocolates true. and he created uh, chocolates of different colours and he did it in chocolate. And I, the, I'd like the entire National Gallery to be made of chocolate. Well, he could do it. I mean, he has the experience, but he's very versatile now and he's doing a lot of sorts of other things. And the thing is, is that it turned out that he's a sort of prob prodigy chef. 
Oh, as well. Well, I mean, this was just maybe. this was just a symptom. Hmm. And the following Chocolatier. weekend, the following, so he'd been cooking from out, uh, a very high level, right? Um, since he was about twelve. I mean, he when he was fourteen, he asked for a sous vide for his birthday. Did he know? <laughs> Right. So, you know, you know what I'm dealing with here. Oh, God, oh, yes. Watch that I mean, you, honestly, you've never seen anything like no. it. To actually come across a proper prodigy, it was yes. wonderful. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and completely unselfconscious, he was just bubbling with enthusiasm. Good lad. With his mum, the cage fighter, yes. all behind him. She really had, she'd really obviously been a great mum. Oh, that's Brought up a that's, really, really nice that's lad. And on the um, And on the following weekend, he did one of those, um, those tasting menus. Yes, I know the ones. So we were sat there at lunchtime and he was bringing out um, a tasting menu that he was preparing in the kitchen mm -hmm. of this food, which um, you, it's practically, I mean, obviously it was uh, Cordon Bleu five star sort of quality. Because this is when he was 15 you're talking about? Yeah, 15 or 16. Um, he was already getting a lot of experience. I think he'd sort of left school because yes. uh, there wasn't anything that could really um, contain his talents. And mm -hmm. he was working in a restaurant um, just off Marble Arch. Right. right. In the kitchens, obviously. OK, good lad. And uh, and I think eventually he was hunted by Heston Bumatel. Yes, we've all been for, hunted by um, Heston Yeah, yeah, for the fat duck or something like yeah. that. But anyway, he's out there mm. being a brilliant chef. Oh, good lad. Yeah. Um, so oh, you yeah. bumped into him then. Uh, you, you, you experienced this while you were staying in Diggs as part of the solo movie you're an oh yes you're star an, wars mate this is the force. you're this an is, extra yeah, yeah this is the force that was with him you're, that's the okay nice connection i like that so you're 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 there in this and this is the sort of experience you get yep. when you are an extra you're an extra so in a way i'm saying go out there and be extras if you've got a dull life and you want to meet real prodigies yes then go out there and be an extra is this something. your story from solo oh this is my solo this yeah this is so my this is really story. about solo as such it's about you what happens if you do things? Yes, on, on the, that particular. On the margins. But it was a solo occasion. On the margins of solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I your... mean, but there's a lot of associated solo stories, so we'll have an, others of them another time. But right. this is a good one. You don't often hear um, about somebody like Daniel. No, Daniel, you don't. What fact, a great, great name. Yeah, Daniel. I'm sure you'd like it. Super name. Daniel Adams. Yeah. Prodigy chef. Wow. There we go. Yeah, okay, and that bit's not the fictional bit. The bit about the mum's cage fighter. No. She did do a bit of fighting, but maybe not at the same level you see on MMA. I, I don't I don't take drugs. You so anyway, <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, you um, well, if you come across any of that, I'll um, um, <laughs> so I also understand that perhaps this is for another time. But I think you're, were your feet not filmed as part of uh, Solo? Did your feet not? Oh, come my on, feet! On my camera? feet were in the my feet were in the story. That my feet have a narrative right. all the way through, right, right? Practically from the first Left day. First, yeah, yeah. But it's true that if anybody wants to see me in Solo, they can see your feet. The only thing that really star and have have the screen to themselves. Mm. Are my feet did they of have, me? Did they have is. boots on, or were they, were they just? Oh no, they were bare. They were I, barefoot. Well, I think, yeah, I think, no, I might have had, I might have had some poor rudimentary sandals on, or something like that. But we, but something went wrong with the uh, the, the, the security system and the manacles on our feet. Sorry, uh, this is part of this is the Pinewood security system or the Solo Star Wars? No, the, so the movie. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Which one? Yeah, in, in this particular case, it was the movie. It was the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, part of the narrative. Yeah, because I was I was working in the mines, the, the Kessel mines. Yeah. Um, getting out some sort of yes. uh, mineral or other. I that remember they it well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I was one of the people 
uh, working in the mines, a criminal probably. Yeah, oh. So I was manacled. Something we 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 hacked the security system, yes. and our manacles fell off. At this, I mean, spoiler your alert. Your manacles were on Too your late feet. to say spoiler alert. Isn't no, it? it's worse. I'm sorry, Not listeners. If you haven't seen Solo, I'm probably doing you a favour. Go and see Hugh's manacled feet. Go and see my feet. Yes. Yeah. Would you recognise your feet if if you were to be shown a oh, still? Yes. No, I mean from like if I if I were to hold up like. Pictures six of nine, different yeah, pairs exactly. of feet. Six would different. I go? Of course, I would. Because I remember Madonna Everybody once. Looks said, at their I remember feet. Madonna once saying that she could she could recognise her belly button out of a thousand. I'm just wondering if you. Could she recognize. did a lot of navel gazing. She did a lot of, na- well, a lot of work with her. Navel. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I, I navel not gazed. She did a lot of navel work, actually, a lot of navel exercises. As I remember, Whatever. Madonna yes. crop tops that kind yeah, of but, thing. But you need to be 80s. familiar with your navel if you're going to be able to pick it out. Yeah, you need to be able to and, shake hands know. with and it. And I wouldn't know what it looked like from that angle anyway. But your feet? Would you recognise your feet? I'm from saying, the of course, I'd recognise. You would. My You'd feet. know that they were yours. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fabulous. Well, uh, that's that's. Um, that's uh, you, go, you can go and rent probably Amazon Prime, whatever it is, Netflix, uh, Solo, Hubenaise's uh, feet. Uh, they made the final cut. I was about to say, did your feet end up on the floor? But that might be a no, silly question. No, my feet, my feet. Yes, no, they, my, my feet did not end up on the floor. They they're didn't out end up on the floor. No, they're out there you in history. All the way through. They're out there in history now. Yeah. And I just want to say that when I went to see it in the cinema, um, I sat after, at the end of the film watching all the credits. Yeah. Hoping that my Your name feet. would come up somewhere. Feet by Hugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I would actually see my they name didn't. on it with actual my feet playing such a starring role. You sat through you the know. final 15 minutes of credits with so, that tiny... Yeah, so I just want... But I'm saying that because, of course, a lot of people listening to the podcast will expect, you know, if I'm actually telling the truth. Yeah. Because I have sort of signaled that some of this stuff is made up. Yeah. And this bit certainly isn't. No. Um, I suffered there waiting for my name to come up and it doesn't come up. Doesn't so come that up. doesn't mean to say they're not my feet. Okay. No, that's true. What would you have rather had, the name without the feet or the feet without the name? Well, I was rather doing the whole thing Mm. for my grandchildren. Mm. And I want my grandchildren, even if I'm dead, or or their children, to to, to know me. So it'll have to be my feet. Okay. Because there's no point in knowing my name. They already know my name. You know, I'm great-great-grandfather who was in Solo. And these are his. You're feet. a great great grandfather. No, no, but this is for the future. Oh, okay. They'll still be showing Star Wars things. Yes. Oh, I see. At the time when I have great great grandchildren. Okay. If I have them, are yes, you going to be around for those? No, I'm not. But yes, oh, no, I, I am. My feet I are mean, going to be around. I don't want to be like you know uncomplimentary, that, no, but you're. Pushing. That's why I do the. That's why I do the extra work. Right. So that I am around. For my great great grandchildren, they, you're going to be they, pretty old when they're you, you no, have great, they great. just have to put the film on. That's, that's another, where I am. I see. Ah, uh, that's how you, you oh, exist. God, in this took time to get across, uh, isn't it? It's, it's no, uh, I don't have to live forever. Oh, god, that was just that's to be going there. To please so many people. Okay, oh, yes, I hadn't thought of that. Okay, so that's May anyway. May, May the 4th, May the 4th. Be with you, people. Thank yes. you very much, Hugh. What a lovely little story. Well done, <laughs> Hugh's feet. May the fourth be with no, you. No, and and the and the cooking prodigy too. And the cooking prodigy. That, it was really about the cooking prodigy. I had no idea my feet were going to come into it. <laughs> Excellent. I was going to save that for another day. Welcome back to the Anarchist Monastery, Daniel. I believe you have. Uh, is it a poetry seminar for us? Is that Hu- right, Hubertine? I just want to play a little little music for you. Listen to this. Right now, that is a really famous track by uh, by Iconopop, 
uh, called I Love It. Um, yes, yes, I reckon. I think my daughter played it to me. Perhaps. Yeah. Right, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. A hugely popular track. Yeah. Why do I? What do I like about this? I teach a a poetry class. I've taught undergraduate poetry, uh, creative writing classes, mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, right. So students from the states. So this has been in Rome. I've taught. You know, I've been running a, a poetry fourteen week poetry course, and um, the the first class, the first thing I do is I give them the lyrics to "I Love It" by Icona Pop. Yes, and are you doing this because they want to study poetry or write poetry? But both. The, right, okay. the ultimate idea so, is to yeah. write it. It's right, a writing right. class. So it's a creative writing we, class. We, yeah, we mm. we study in order to write. And yeah, nice. I lay down, and they can't believe it. Their mouths drop, they hit the desks when I say, "Look, because you, you look so cool, no, no, you so will, old and crusty as you are." You all know this. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> really appreciate that today. <laughs> First thing I do, I chuck them a copy of. I love it by yeah. Icona Pop. Now, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and they, they can't, cool they have no idea what, 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 what this means in, in terms of poetry. The first thing I lay down is the beat, right? So that you can think about poetic meter in things, right? You've got right. that boom, 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 right? So that, that kind of sets them up about, about listening to lyrics, right? And, and then timing them in a certain way such that there is a rhythm, okay? Again, that's, that's, a really good place to begin with poetry. So you could write a poem with a metronome. Well, exactly, you can. Ah, right, well, now I've got a metronome. Right, Thomas Hardy, some of his stuff, nineteen nineteen tens. Yeah, well, when he uh, when I'll... he wrote poetry after giving up novels, a lot a lot of his stuff was so metronomic, brilliant, but metronomic. I lent upon a coppice gate. Um, it's boom, 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 boom. He's very like that, Hardy, right? So, so any... would you recommend if I was going to be creative poetry writer sort of person, would should I wind up my metronome and give it a go? What? <laughs> Not in public, please. Um, I uh, you haven't I, seen my metronome. I don't. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. So I quite acceptable. <laughs> I give them, I give them the lyrics to this song, and I find that these lyrics are amazing. Whether Icona Pop have, have the faintest idea what they've done or not, I don't really care. Okay, what's amazing about them? Right, well, just let me just read the first, um, the first stanza for you, if you mm -hmm. like, right? Okay. I got this feeling on the summer day when you were gone. I crashed my car into the bridge. I watched. I let it burn. I threw your shit into a bag and pushed it down the stairs. I crashed my car into the bridge. I don't care. I love it. I don't care. Right? Where do you begin here? Okay. So it comes across completely differently when it doesn't have the music. Of course it which does. Which is your point. Of course it does. Right? We're just looking at now as, as words on a page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this. So immediately it's cited as a uh, first-person uh, point of view, right? I. We get that straight away. I got this feeling, which isn't explained to us. So what, what, what feeling might we be talking about here? What is the feeling that you have got? I got this feeling on a summer day. Well, it's a when you were gone feeling. When you were, yeah, but what does that mean? What well, is that feeling? Well, is it, is it everybody feel knows a feeling when somebody's departed uh, and it wouldn't be mentioned unless in some way um, that was significant to you that they weren't here. Either you were sorry that they'd gone or you were really pleased. One well, we don't other. know. One or the other. Where have they gone? Who is this? This is what the feeling is. Who is it's this other? Feelings. Who is this? Who is this? You? We have an I. We have a you. When you were gone, gone where? Gone, gone, dead. Uh, let gone, left the relationship. That's the stuff of. Yeah. Did you walk out or were you, you pushed? Out? Were you pushed? <laughs> Are you? Have you gone and coming back? 
I, I don't know, but it, it seems in some kind of consequence for the fact that the U was gone, I crashed my car into the bridge. Now, how do you crash your car into the, br the bridge? One bridge. There's only one bridge available for car crashes. It's the bridge. This is the bridge. I crashed my car into the bridge, not on the bridge, but into the bridge. Does that mean they're under the bridge? Are they, are they, is the car being crashed into some kind of stanchion, perhaps? I'll tell under, you what, I'll tell you bridge. what. The minute you said that, um, and then the minute I first heard it, I saw a bridge strut with a car crashing into but, it. But where? Where's the That's car? That's what I'm saying. I don't understand where. The, I, my question for the lyricist is where is the car crashing into the bridge? Are you driving across the bridge, crashing no, into the railings? Not on the bridge. Under no, the no, bridge. No, no, no. You're going under the bridge. Under the bridge. It's got one of those piers those pillars yeah and you crashed it into that. right uh, very deadly well uh, uh, quite a risky thing to do you'd say wouldn't you but maybe that's maybe 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 the eye has been pushed to that by as, as the consequence of perhaps a broken down relationship right they're they're, they're desperate maybe i crash. so let's assume then it's under the bridge not on the bridge at all i crashed my car into the bridge i watched i let it burn now for that to happen it means that the you driver survive. has to get out of the car, presumably, because you don't want the car burning when you're in it particularly. So the, the, the driver has to get out of the car and stand to one side. And there was a burning, so perhaps there was an explosion as well, right? So what then... What I, don't think, I don't think you necessarily... This is poetry, though, isn't it? It's poetry. So, yeah, so I would think my, what happened to me when the first time I heard it was I was both in the car and outside it. Right. Which is possible in poetry. This is an imaginative exercise. Right. So I crashed my car into the bridge. I watched. I watched myself crashing the car into the bridge. Okay. Uh, but I stayed in the car. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to uh, do that if it's going to burn. Yes. No, that was fine because I was outside it watching it burn. Okay. And I was watching me burn too. Yes. Uh, but that, but, but I sort of got into this stupid state of mind because of the music is so sort of it's, it's powering. Amazing. Well, all I'm trying know, to do is separa sure. separate this from the music, it's such so that defiant. We can, such we can bring, yeah, of course, it's a foot stomper, isn't it? It's yeah, so stomper, being defiant, I crashed it into the bridge. Right. I died. You know, I let watch myself. So burn. there's ang well, there's uh, anger. Absolutely, the end of my whatever it is. I don't think they're dead though. I'm not sure. No, no that that's dead and alive at the same because time. Because after this, right after I let it burn, I threw your shit into a bag and pushed it down the stairs. I crashed my car into the bridge. Now. Now, your shit, obviously, presumably, it's a metaphor. Um, I'm not sure that No, there's... it's not. It's literally all the it's stuff all the... that was in your room, in our room, that we shared together. A... I chucked it in That's a bag a and threw it down the stairs. That's a metaphor, Hugh. Shit, shit will be actual shit. Shit will be feces. Oh, no. oh so well. I don't, right. I don't okay. think that okay. shit no, refers to... No, 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 it's not to... a metaphor anymore. Your shit, your shit is not just um, yeah. literally feces. Yeah. And only feces. Yeah. Shit is also your shit, which is, you know. I threw, I, 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 yeah, I get it, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I threw your shit into a bag and pushed it down the stairs. Now, now I don't who, find that scatological. Now, whose house is this? Is it, is it, is it the I or is it the you? It's shared accommodation. It's shared accommodation. Yeah. And so the I is throwing the you out. I don't know who, point. I don't know who owns it. It doesn't matter. It's shared and this person's been thrown out. So, so uh, all the belongings of, of, of the you person have been have been uh, put into a bag one bag right which sounds a bit temporary doesn't it 
Um, and you might think I'm being a bit finickety here, but actually, I, this is for me. This is really fertile land for poetry. This you get into this kind of conversation with students, and they start to think, "Wow, look, look at all the stuff. Look at all the stuff you can think. Just peel the top off that. Look and how see meaningful what, everything is. Right? Even the, I mean, a song like this, where we're going. Yeah, it's poly meaning. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's poly meaningful. Yeah, polysemous. Um, Thank you. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Where okay. can I get some of that? I push. I threw your shit into a bag and pushed it down the stairs. Right. So that's that ultimate vanquishing. Isn't yeah. It, we of... don't know whether um, that's because he's left or she's left. Correct. Uh, well, no, and, she and, can't. And I'm left. just chucking it out because yeah. you're like that, or I'm chucking you out. Correct. Um, and throwing the bag after. But you. But there are stairs involved here, so we're not talking about a bungalow. Right. Okay. I don't care. Unless that's a metaphor. I crash my car into the bridge. <laughs> I don't care. I love it. So that, that's an interesting contrast. I don't care. I love it. What is it that, that the I is loving here exactly? The freedom to crash a car into the bridge, the fact that the relationship is over, the fact that the mm. I can chuckle It's more defiant. The music down is the defiant. Stairs. The feeling is defiant. Right. Whether, whether it's uh, something that's I've been damaged or I've done the damage, yes. somehow the whole thing to me is totally justified. Right. And, I'm, and I know it's a terrible thing to happen to me, but I'm defiant. I'm defiant. I've got the strength to throw yeah. your shit down the stairs. Yeah, now, listen, yeah. listen to what we move on to, though, right? Listen to what we move on. Another metaphor. This sort of second stanza, if you will. You're on a different road. I'm in the Milky Way. You want me down on Earth, but I am up in space. You're so damn hard to please. We got to kill this switch. You're from the 70s, but I'm a 90s bitch. Right, I love it. Da -da 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 -da. Now, this is amazing. Okay, another metaphor, a couple of metaphors here, right? Kill this switch. Think about that for a moment. You're on a different road. Think about that for you're in the Milky Way now. I, I'm in the Milky Way now. This for me recalls the the idea of the uh, the un, the unreachable object of love, um, uh, like uh, Petrarch's Laura, for example, uh, the Italian uh, Renaissance poet Petrarch, who wrote amazingly about the impossible his love and how she was untouchable, how she was effectively not of this earth but hovering. Dante had the same with, um, with Beatrice. Beatrice or Beatrice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. And this is this sounds to me like it's one of those conceits. Who right? is Pe who is Petrarch's object of uh, uh, her name was Laura. Laura, all right. Yeah, uh, you, I'm in the Milky Way. You want me down on Earth, but mm. I am up in space. What what does that is that is that the I acknowledging that they themselves are just too damn good for this? person that they've been with down on earth right they're up in they're untouchable they're unreachable but it's lonely in space and no one can hear you scream so that's a curious setup isn't it right this elevation of the of the you the second person in this poem right you're so damn hard to please we got to kill this switch okay you're so damn hard to please so there's obviously a lot a lot gone into that there's that right this has been bubbling up for a while i suspect at that point do you know i could summarize the meaning of that whole verse with not yet uh, we haven't finished we've got the we've got the last line to do yeah 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 okay so we've got to kill this switch i think that just means flick the whole thing off right just turn the turn the current yeah, yeah, off yeah, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. relationship finally you're from the 70s but I'm a '90s bitch. Now there's a massive age difference there. So we talked. So is one of the one of the people twenty years older than is the I, twenty years younger than the you. Yeah, right. Well, there seems to be an intergeneration. Well, well it's it, consciousness is well it, twenty years it, behind. Exactly. They may be the same age, but one of them might 
live in the 1970s. Yeah, my summary, do you want to hear my summary now? Give me 10 seconds. So one of them might want to live in the 70s, one of them might want to live in the 90s, but there is that, that it could be, it could be about a, uh, an age relationship 20 years older than the other. It's mad, right? It's, it's, I, I love this song because there's so much to, to dig out of it, right? So what's your, what's your summary then? Sorry, is you're not worthy of me. Hubert, that's it, that's your summary. Of that verse, yeah. Okay, so you might then we might of, the, of which first the first or the second the one that you have just done the well, one I, I mean that was always coming that I'm in you know, I'm pitch. in a superior I'm looking down on you yeah. you're not worth it yeah really I've got rid of you and yeah. it's, I'm just you're not in my league yeah but you're not in my league but I still crashed a car into the bridge for you well this is one of the I mean, ironies of it that's pretty severe. Is it not? Yeah, well, maybe this suggests that the relationship is the car. Yeah. I crashed it, I let it burn, and I was in it and I let the person that was in that relationship yeah. with you burn as well, and I'm free of it. Yeah. You know? so, so the car represents what the embers of the relationship. You know what? You know when I've been discussing when I've been discussing sort of the end of relationships and so on oh, with you, friends. Do you do that a lot? You? No, but I have done when uh, when we had a lot of relationships when we were younger, yes. and they meant terribly much to us, especially chaps talking about their yeah. broken hearts, etc., yeah. and everything. We used to refer to this chaps. moment. Yeah, we used to refer to this moment as um, the. Uh, uh, amputation, amputation, um, glory, or you know, okay. All I'm thinking about now is I'm a rock and roll amputation by the Jesus and Mary chain, yeah. But that's yeah. not quite where you're heading there, is it? No, so, no, it's it's the um, it's it's amputation euphoria, amputation so euphoria. You've yes. got I, rid of, yes, I know what you're saying. You've got rid of the person, and yeah. for, a, for a few moments, yeah. When you're actually clear it for the very first time, before yep. it starts to hurt, yep. you feel wonderful. Yep. And you suddenly feel you're free and you could do anything. And it takes a couple of days for the amputation euphoria to wear you off. Push someone shit down the stairs while you still have both arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that, that's... That, so, and then it goes on ad nauseum. I, I don't care, I love it, I don't care, I love it. I love it, I don't care, I love it. I don't care. For, me, for my money, right, there's so much going on in those two stanzas, we might call them stanzas, we can call them verses, right? This, I love sharing this with us because they all know it. They all know this song. They've all sung this song yeah, from yeah, start yeah. to finish yeah, themselves, yeah, yeah. right? They've all done it many, many times. But what they might not have done is actually sat down and thought about what these lyrics mean and what you can pick out of them, right? So that is, um, that's, I love it. Um, uh, by Icona Pop. And that's songwriters of that were Charlotte Emma Aitchison, Linus Johan Eklo and Patrick Jens Berger. And this all wrote the lyrics. And someone might say to me, Daniel, what on earth do you think you're doing teaching pop songs as, uh, as, as, um, as, as poetry to, you know? And I'll say, I don't care. I love it. Right. Welcome back to the Anarchist Monastery. It's turning out to be a bit of a poetry episode, this one, um, Hugh, because I know that you're quite interested in talking about the uh, romantic poet, world-famous romantic poet, Percy Bysshe Shelley. Um, and a lot of people know Shelley uh, as, as one of the great romantic poets, as the, as the author of um, Ozymandias, for example. 
Um, he has, he's very well known in Rome. Uh, he's buried there, in fact, or has a grave to him there. Uh, <laughs> and he lived there, of course. And well known, you know, there's yes, the Keats Shelley ashes, house. His ashes. He was burnt on the beach. On the, that's it. Yeah, Polidori and Byron. That's it. But a lot, Williams's. a lot of people uh, know about Shelley in Rome, but I, I, I imagine many fewer people know about Shelley in York. And you've got an interesting connection here for us. Yes, uh, I was I delighted to hear that he had a York connection. Right. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to find out exactly what he was doing here. Yeah. Uh, my wife had always told me simply that he had been here right. and he hated it and left almost immediately and that was it. We're talking what just uh, time-wise 200 years ago, I think 20 I think he died he in was, 1822 Shelley died, I think. Exactly right, yes, and yeah. he was born in 1792. Okay. So and he was a he was of age was he when he when when he he wasn't a child in York he was a man in York is that what we're uh, is that uh, what we're saying absolutely certainly yes yes o yes okay so uh, so Shelley then what the mid twenties something like that what what's what's he doing in York what's that what's that connection about well, I think he was probably in, I think he was in York around about uh, eighteen eleven right so so uh, nineteen year old. A 19-year-old, yes, and he was here because um, he had been sent down from Oxford University. Okay. And so he was at a loose end. For being a bad boy. That's, that sent down means you get kicked out, right? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was expelled. Right. He was like, expelled from school yeah. um, for being a nuisance. Yeah. And I was told by my friend, um, who, uh, who has quite a literary background and all sorts of um, 19th century books, and I thought he might have something a bit exclusive on yeah, Shelley, which right. is what I was looking Some for. Nuggets. The first thing he told me that was that um, Shelley was expelled from Oxford, hmm. University College Oxford, that is, um, for electrocute, electrifying a door handle. Okay. okay, yeah, and uh, and maybe jumping on a table as well. One, oh dear! One of those. And I felt so superior to my friend who was uh, meant to have all this great literary background and mm. you know grandfathers and things that started publishing houses, mm. because uh, everybody knows that Shelley was actually expelled for writing the Necessity of Atheism. Right. Yes, he was. He was a well-known atheist, wasn't he, Shelley? Well, uh, yeah, he got to be. I mean, he wasn't a well-known anything when he. <laughs> well, no, not when he was. 19. Although he'd been publishing from a very young age. That's true. Uh, and writing things under pseudonyms. Um, it was a complete nuisance. He was absolutely bubbling with energy, and his sisters were as bad. They were writing fake poems together, you know, and then deceiving publishers into publishing them for them. So he's a great nuisance. Uh, and what? how is he being a nuisance in York? How, how does that n state of nuisance bring him to York? What's, what's going on there? Do we know? Yeah, yeah, we do, we do. I mean, I'd like to say that uh, his father didn't really go along with all this. His, um, they lived near Horsham in Sussex. In Sussex. In Sussex. Okay. So that's I have been Shelley to yes, that strange home. land, the south of England. Yep. And uh, it's partly why I've been down there, searching material. Yep. And his father wouldn't support him. His father was so cross and disappointed. Right. You know, and he just felt, I can't fund this idiot. Right. You know. Um, yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah, he was the heir to a baronetcy. Yes. Um, as, as a Shelley. Yeah. You know, and he was uh, he was messing up really, really badly. He'd become a radical and anything that he could say that would upset tut, tut, tut. upset the um, conventions, you yes. know, and the orthodox and so on, was meat and drink to him. Sure. So maybe, I mean, other people who've written fairly recent books on his biography would say, you know, he's attention seeking, really. OK, so in what way is he 
is he is York going to help him with his nuisance and his attention? Uh, it's such a good story because he had a friend, right? Yeah, right from from the moment he got to University College Oxford, yes, more or less, he bumped into uh, Thomas Jefferson Hogg, right? T.J. Hogg, about the same same age as T. J. him, okay. yeah, and uh, and they hit it off immediately. Yes, and one, this is definitely a bromance. Okay. Okay. You're not quite how far and how deep it went as you hear more uh, of the story. Bearing in mind it's romantic poetry. Does that make it a bro row romance? This is bromantic poetry. Yeah. He didn't they didn't actually mostly they wrote to um ladies of their suffering. You yes, know? of course. So they might have actually been writing to each other mm. in a way, even unconsciously. But um Dear the, ladies, there's I'm a suffering. lot of a lot of love poetry going on. Not that Hogg was a great writer of poetry. So York, York, York. What's 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 well, going on? How can yeah, we how yeah, can we connect all this with with the great city of York? These are these are such good questions because yeah. uh, I've given you the I've given you the basis, the um, the foundations right. of the answer to this. Okay. Because Hogg came from Norton, which is further up towards Newcastle. Right. Right. And his father was very disappointed with him, okay. but he didn't decide to cut him off. And no. you know, in that negative way, you know, I'm going to punish him. Mm. He uh, he worked with Hogg in in you know a much more sympathetic way, and got him um, an apprenticeship to a barrister in, right. cham- in chambers. Not a barista, uh, but a barrister. Yeah, yeah, a barrister in York. You know, so okay. yeah, so he had. So uh, Shelley's best so, friend is. is so he'd been is, expelled from Oxford University. Yeah. He'd really disappointed his father. Mm. His father wanted him to enter the law, so um, he so Hogg got, got, a, his, got a got a got a job a, a job with a with a solicitor with a barrister with a barrister's firm. Yeah, in yeah, York. Yeah. And Shelley, what yeah, being I his think best mate, What barrister. did Shelley do? Just jump along for the ride, or what? I don't know why you can't say that. Yes, of course. Right. Um, what happened, actually, was because he was cut off, and this is really the best part of the story, mm. um, because he was cut off, honestly, I can hardly say it makes me laugh so much, his sisters, who were younger than he was, right? and he had great relationships so with So Shelley his or Hogg? Shelley or Hogg? Who are we talking about here? Shelley. Shelley, Shelley, Shelley. He had great relationship with his sisters. And I uh, used to take them for walks when they were very little and right. so on. And we know about this because uh, one of them uh, kept a diary. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so records Dear this. Diary, you know, yeah, another walk with yeah, Percy. Yeah, another walk, another great walk with Percy. Mm. He'd take them out there. And they'd go to somewhere, you know, maybe, maybe some park that had a, had a fence around it. Right. Uh, but because they were full of adventure and Percy was always, you know, um, trying to find some amusement, you know. Right. Uh, in some way or other, uh, they wouldn't actually get into the park by going through the gate. Oh, they'd jump over the fence. They'd, try, they'd climb the wall, yes, Death and Percy, Percy would hand up the little children. Radicals. And And the girl that was writing, I can't quite remember her name, but the girl who was writing the diary that tells this story says, I was only little, so I was handed up. Right. But my sister, she was bigger, okay. so it couldn't be handed up. So Percy threw her over the wall. Good man. Yeah, yeah, the sister, yeah. yeah. The sister so, so he was a, a sister thrower. Yeah, you know, he was. Great. Anyway, so, so they were so, so they loved him to pieces. York, York, yes, you. they loved York. him to pieces. See, I'm getting to it. They loved him to pieces. You will see how it all fits together. You will be amazed. This jigsaw yeah, like, on, assembles itself. Speak. Yeah, because they loved him so much. All right, all right. They saved their pocket money. Because he had been cut off, right, and they were sorry for his they being cut off, sweets. and they didn't want him to starve or all yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Instead of spending their pocket money on sweets and right. ribbons and things that girls in the 18th century might have been spending their money on, they saved it up. But because they well, they were at school, right. but they were too young to be allowed out. So although they'd saved up their money, 
Oh, sorry, no? I thought they went out for walks with Percy. Oh, they did when they were little, yes, and they were all at home, but these were at a boarding school oh, now. I see. Yes, and they were hearing this terrible thing that terrible. that happened to Percy, and they were at school, so they saved their pocket money up. Yes. And they couldn't get out to get it to him, so they asked an, L, an older girl. Right, OK, OK. They asked Harriet Westbourne. Harriet Westbourne. Mm. Right. And uh, what... Did, did, I'm still interested in York here, Hugh. Yeah, yeah. They asked What's... Harriet Westbourne, who was 16 years old. Right. And I think, uh, so, the, Shelley found himself actually in the same room, visiting the Westbournes because of his sisters, who told him to go there. This is in York. So, no, this is in London, actually. It's still not in York. No, okay. this is in London, to get the pocket money. He right. was in London, he was destitute, he only had to go round to Harriet Westbourne's and the pocket money would be there for him. OK, nice one. So he went round there to get the pocket That's money the and she was like 16 years old. She was at school too, she was right. 16 years old. Right. Right, so they fell in love, of course. Yep, yep. Uh, Shelley was 19, she was 16. Yep. Uh, he filled her uh, head with ideas, uh, her radical ideas, you know. Yep. Um, Atheism amongst them, but also <laughs> equality, you know, yep. democracy, extending stuff. the franchise, oh, um, republicanism, yep. and so on. And so, you know, being precocious mm. herself anyway, mm. um, and also wanting to, I suppose, swagger about with yep. um, all this, this extraordinary relationship yep. and this wonderful person that she'd met. Mm -hmm. you imagine what the impression on this 16-year-old, she was very pretty too. Yep. And so at school she was talking about this and so she started to get bullied because these were ideas that weren't acceptable as a society. So she was saying to Percy, I can't stay there anymore. You know? Right, OK. And I don't think my sister likes it either. I'm absolutely miserable at home. Let me, I can't stay there anymore. Can we go to York? Um, or do we have to wait a bit longer? Come and rescue me. Come and take me to York? No. No. Come and rescue me. Okay. But obviously, so that's all he was thinking of. So he said, yes, well, I'm sorry, you know, of course I'll rescue you. So he rescued, but once he'd rescued her, he realised that they had to get married. Right, okay. For her protection, you know. Right. Um, so they got married. Otherwise, her reputation would be ruined sort of thing. Not that he agreed with marriage at all. So the only place you could get married to a 16-year-old, you know, who didn't have their parents' permission. Was York? No, no, no. certainly not. Scotland. Gretna Green. Scotland. So he went to York, left a note for Thomas right. on his way through right. on the night coach and right. carried on up to Edinburgh. And the note said, we've gone to Edinburgh to get married, me and Harriet. OK, so did he... So, sorry, but Shelley stayed in York, you're saying? He didn't... That night, no, they just more or less wrote a note in the tavern when they changed, while they were changing the horses. In the tavern, while they were... The tavern at York, the York Tavern. Well, it'll be some, yeah, some coaching house. With the, with the ostler's yard. With, yeah, yeah, with beer. Right. Real proper designer beer. Okay. Well, I wish I'd been there. Good old days. Yeah. So they go on up to York, and um, and Thomas mm. Hogg, mm. he thinks Thomas Jefferson Hogg, he thinks, um, well, I won't go off to uh, Wales or wherever it was I was going for yeah, a holiday. I'll that. go to Edinburgh. Yeah, I'll indeed. follow them to Edinburgh, which he did. He, he followed them to Edinburgh. Yeah. They went and got married in Edinburgh. They took lodgings in Edinburgh, and uh, then they knocked on the door. There was a knock on the door, and, and who was it? But Archbishop Jefferson Hogg. Oh, Jefferson Hogg. Okay. They were so pleased to see him. Right. And Percy, who had this great bromance with him, yeah. just wanted him to meet Harriet. You, know? Do, just, and, and, you don't really necessarily, when you've just got married and you're basically like hours into your honeymoon, you don't really want someone, your best mate, coming and knocking on the door, though, do you? Do you? I could be wrong. Yes, you're talking to me, though. Maybe that was the thing. But, but Daniel, know. you're talking to me. Oh, maybe it still is a thing, then. No. If you were talking to Shelley, 
right. in this particular session uh, situation, which would be odd. I'm telling you, that is most definitely the case. I, I, I see. This is part of the dynamic. So it doesn't. And anyway, they believe in free love. They do. Oh wow! So okay. Now uh, does Shelley? Yes, very much so. And don't actually believe in marriage. Right. You know, no, I get and that. they are Republicans. They are extremely rebellious. So and, why do you marry her then? Uh, for her protection. Ah, right. Oh, you said that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got, you've, do we have anything in writing um, from Shelley himself about York or has anyone written, you know, is this an academic study? Do you know that, I mean, presumably there are lots of fabulous biographies of Shelley. Yeah, I know, but there's, there's documentary all, evidence in Bales. Okay. Because in those days, people wrote letters. I can't believe this, actually, because I've been doing a little bit of study of the biographies. In those days, they wrote letters to each other. Right. Right. But they wrote letters. They were changing their address the whole time, and they yeah. were moving about the country, and they yeah. were changing, exchanging letters almost by return of post. Right. And it gives you, an, you know, if you look at the dates on these letters, yeah. so uh, you can't believe it. You oh, know, no, they miles, were miles, it. miles, miles better than our postal service today. At six in the and morning they, they dashed had, a letter yes, off it, to it someone. Wasn't, you know, I mean, it was just people with a with a satchel yeah. on a horse. Yeah. So why can't you know? I mean, and this was up and down the country, it was. Sussex to Northumberland, Heavens. Scotland, yep. and letters flying backwards and forwards. Yep. I can't believe it. And so yes, there's letters all over the place. Yep. You know, bales and bales of them, and you can yep. read exactly what they thought when they got to Edinburgh, yep. uh, what sort of place it was, where yep. they went for their walks afterwards. Yep. And so so they stayed there about five weeks. Dear Shelley, I can't I can't begin to tell you how happy I was to to intrude upon your honeymoon, an hour into your honeymoon. No, they, so he doesn't have to, to write letters to them because they're together right they spend all the time together okay and when Shelley wants to go and do some writing uh Jefferson Hogg um takes uh, Harriet for walks around Edinburgh so so the thing about York, he hands then, her over to to Thomas Jefferson so what we're we saying specifically about York though I mean but that and 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 Shelley because it sounds a bit it sounds a bit light I mean what have we do we know where he was where he lived where he stayed do we know did he write anything about after his? five weeks Thomas Jefferson Hogg had to go back to York right. because he's got a job. Right. As so a they all go together. They all go together back they to back York. They back to her, yeah, back to his lodgings, right. which were run by a Methodist, a rather strict Methodist lady. Okay. And Do we know her name? Great piece of, no, we don't actually. At least I couldn't find it out. I bet somebody, I bet somebody knows her name and right. uh, somebody will write in and tell us. Right. And I'd love to know. Uh, Methodist lady, uh, quite strict. Um, they go back to the lodgings there, uh, knock on the door, and she's already let them to somebody else. Oh, wow. So and they're, this they're, is, it's raining. It's dark. Mm. He, there's Shelley with his That's young 16-year-old wife mm. and Thomas Jefferson Hogg. Uh, and he's got to go to work tomorrow morning, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. and they've got nowhere to stay. So they're very vulnerable. They're over a barrel, really, and they, they go are. down to the cheapest place they can find in York, right. which is where you might find lodgings, and they go to Coney Street. Centre of uh, York, that's the bang that, in the centre of York, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, it's Street. not just that, the centre of York. I mean, just think what I what we had said um, at the last podcast about um, poor John Snow down in um, on his side of the river. So P Coney Street. Hugh. Yeah, yeah, just exactly the same as I'm going to talk about Jon Snow. I, next, that's yeah, in the yeah, next, yeah. next yeah. one. But it's up, the same thing. They're both on the banks of the river. And when you're on the banks of the river, you're in a filthy place because everything drains into the river. Right. Right. And if the river is swollen, right. then it's swilling about where you live. Yeah. 
And so what happened is they took these um, really cheap lodgings and the only ones that were available, mm. uh, very unsuitable, in 20 Coney Street. 20, we have an address. Yeah, we actually, yes. So when you go down Coney Street. Coney Street, you can look for number 20. No plaque there, though. Where it would have been. No, 20 Coney Street is no longer there. It's no longer but there. You, but you, but, you but can, sometimes they would yeah, have a plaque saying... They had a garden that looked out onto the river. Yes. Uh, and it was run by a couple of milliners. Okay, very good. Yeah? And they stayed there for maybe a couple of weeks. I see. All together yeah. until they were going to stay there forever. We go back to York, yes, and we were, all three of us we will live together forever. Wow, okay, and, not that, that uh, didn't quite pan yes, out. Yes, more next week, but anyway, no, that's great. Thank you. I mean, a little, a little unknown, uh, there's a sequ- fact about there's a sequel to this. All right, we look forward to that in the next episode. You can ask me next time you feel you want to know what happens. I've had a uh, no, this has been great. I've had a lovely time with you. Cupertine, as always, and um, I uh, I would just like to wrap up by saying thanks for listening, and may the fourth be with you, people, and I hope there's some sunshine in your life right now. That maybe in Megalia there's a bit of rain. Hope there's some sunshine too, and I really look forward to catching up with everyone on the Anarchist Monastery next time. And I would say ditto for that. Goodbye. Bye.